0: Part 1, Chapter 8 of True Stories from History and Biography by Nathaniel Hawthorne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. THE INDIAN BIBLE As grandfather was a great admirer of the Apostle Eliot, he was glad to comply with the earnest requests which Lawrence had made at the close of the last chapter, so he proceeded to describe how good Mr. Elliot labored while he was at work upon the Indian Bible. My dear children, what a task would you think it? EVEN WITH A LONG LIFETIME BEFORE YOU, WERE YOU BIDDEN TO COPY EVERY CHAPTER AND VERSE AND WORD IN YONDER GREAT FAMILY BIBLE, WOULD NOT THIS BE A HEAVY TOIL? BUT IF THE TASK WERE NOT TO WRITE OFF THE ENGLISH BIBLE, BUT TO LEARN A LANGUAGE, utterly unlike all other tongues a language which hitherto had never been learned except by the indians themselves from their mother's lips a language never written and the strange words of which seemed inexpressible by letters if the task were first TO LEARN THIS NEW VARIETY OF SPEECH, AND THEN TO TRANSLATE THE BIBLE INTO IT, AND TO DO IT SO CAREFULLY THAT NO ONE IDEA THROUGHOUT THE HOLY BOOK SHOULD BE CHANGED, WHAT WOULD INDUCE YOU TO UNDERTAKE THIS TOIL? YET THIS WAS WHAT THE APOSTLE Eliot DID. IT WAS A MIGHTY WORK FOR A MAN NOW GROWING OLD TO TAKE UPON HIMSELF, AND WHAT EARTHLY REWARD COULD HE EXPECT FROM IT? NONE. NO REWARD ON EARTH, BUT HE BELIEVED THAT THE RED MEN WERE THE descendants OF THOSE LOST TRIBES OF ISRAEL OF WHOM HISTORY HAS BEEN ABLE TO TELL US NOTHING FOR THOUSANDS OF YEARS he hoped that god had sent the english across the oceans gentiles as they were to enlighten this benighted portion of his once chosen race and when he should be summoned hence he trusted to meet blessed spirits in another world whose bliss would have been earned by his patient toil in translating the word of god this hope and trust were far dearer to him than anything that earth could offer sometimes while thus at work he was visited by learned men who desired to know what literary undertaking mr elliot had in hand they like himself had been bred in the studious cloisters of a university and were supposed to possess all the erudition which mankind has hoarded up from age to age greek and latin were as familiar to them as the babel of their childhood hebrew was like their mother tongue they had grown gray in study their eyes were bleared with poring over print and manuscript by the light of the midnight lamp and yet how much had they left unlearned mr elliot would put into their hands some of the pages which he had been writing and behold THE GRAY-HEADED MEN STAMMERED OVER THE LONG, STRANGE WORDS, LIKE A LITTLE CHILD IN HIS FIRST ATTEMPTS TO READ. THEN WOULD THE APOSTLE CALL TO HIM AN INDIAN BOY, ONE OF HIS SCHOLARS, AND SHOW HIM THE MANUSCRIPT, WHICH HAD SO PUZZLED THE LEARNED ENGLISHMAN. READ THIS, MY CHILD, SAID HE these are some brethren of mine who would fain hear the sound of thy native tongue then would the indian boy cast his eyes over the mysterious page and read it so skillfully that it sounded like wild music it seemed as if the forest leaves were singing in the ears of his auditors and as if the roar of distant streams were poured through the young indian's voice such were the sounds amid which the language of the red man had been formed and they were still heard to echo in it the lesson being over mr elliot would give the indian boy an apple or a cake and bid him leap forth into the open air which his free nature loved. The apostle was kind to children, and even shared in their sports sometimes. When his visitors had bidden him farewell, the good man turned patiently to his toil again. No other Englishman had ever understood the Indian character so well nor possessed so great an influence over the new england tribes as the apostle did his advice and assistance must often have been valuable to his countrymen in their transactions with the indians occasionally perhaps the governor and some of the councillors came to visit mr elliot perchance they were seeking some method to circumvent the forest people they inquired it may be how they could obtain possession of such and such a tract of their rich land or they talked of making the indians their servants as if god had destined them for perpetual bondage to the more powerful white man perhaps too some warlike captain dressed in buff coat with a corslet beneath it accompanied the governor and counsellors laying his hand upon his sword-hilt he would declare that the only method of dealing with the red men was to meet them with the sword drawn and the musket presented but the apostle resisted both the craft of the politician and the fierceness of the warrior treat these sons of the forest as men and brethren he would say and let us endeavor to make them christians their forefathers were that chosen race which god delivered from egyptian bondage perchance he has destined us to deliver the children from the more cruel bondage of ignorance and idolatry chiefly for this end it may be we were directed across the ocean when these other visitors were gone, Mr. Elliot bent himself again over the half-written page. He dared hardly relax a moment from his toil. He felt that, in the book which he was translating, there was a deep human as well as heavenly wisdom which would of itself suffice to civilize and refine the savage tribes let the bible be diffused among them and all earthly good would follow but how slight a consideration was this when he reflected that the eternal welfare of a whole race of men depended upon his accomplishment of the task which he had set himself what if his hand should be palsied what if his mind should lose its vigor what if death should come upon ere the work were done? Then must the red man wander in the dark wilderness of heathenism for ever? Impelled by such thoughts as these, he sat writing in the great chair, when the pleasant summer breeze came in through his open casement, and also when the fire of forest logs sent up its blazes and smoke, through the broad stone chimney into the wintry air before the earliest birds sang in the morning the apostle's lamp was kindled and at midnight his weary head was not yet upon its pillow and at length leaning back in the great chair he could say to himself with a holy triumph the work is finished it was finished here was a bible for the indians those long-lost descendants of the ten tribes of israel would now learn the history of their forefathers that grace which the ancient israelites had forfeited was offered anew to their children there was no impiety in believing that when his long life was over the apostle of the indians was welcomed to the celestial abodes by the prophets of ancient days and by those earliest apostles and evangelists who had drawn their inspiration from the immediate presence of the savior they first had preached truth and salvation to the world and Eliot, separated from them by many centuries, yet full of the same spirit, had borne the like message to the new world of the West. Since the first days of Christianity there has been no man more worthy to be numbered in the brotherhood of the Apostles than Eliot. My heart is not satisfied to think, observed Lawrence, that Mr. Elliot's labours have done no good except to a few Indians of his own time. Doubtless he would not have regretted his toil if it were the means of saving but a single soul, but it is a grievous thing to me that he should have toiled so hard to translate the Bible, and now the language and the people are gone.' THE INDIAN BIBLE ITSELF IS ALMOST THE ONLY RELIC OF BOTH." "'Lawrence,' said his grandfather, "'if ever you should doubt that man is capable of disinterested zeal for his brother's good, then remember how the Apostle Elliot toiled. And if you should feel your own self-interest pressing upon your heart too closely—' Then think of Eliot's Indian Bible. It is good for the world that such a man has lived, and left this emblem of his life. The tears gushed into the eyes of Lawrence, and he acknowledged that Eliot had not toiled in vain. Little Alice put up her arms to grandfather and drew down his white head beside her own golden locks. Grandfather, whispered she, I want to kiss good Mr. Elliot, and doubtless good Mr. Elliot would gladly receive the kiss of so sweet a child as little Alice, and would think it a portion of his reward in heaven. Grandfather now observed that Dr. Francis had written A Very Beautiful Life of Elliot, which he advised Lawrence to peruse. He then spoke of King Philip's war, which began in 1675 and terminated with the death of King Philip in the following year. Philip was a proud, fierce Indian, whom Mr. Elliot had vainly endeavored to convert to the Christian faith it must have been a great anguish to the apostle continued grandfather to hear of mutual slaughter and outrage between his own countrymen and those for whom he felt the affection of a father a few of the praying indians joined the followers of king philip a great number fought on the side of the english IN THE COURSE OF THE WAR THE LITTLE COMMUNITY OF RED PEOPLE WHOM MR. Elliot HAD BEGUN TO CIVILIZE WAS SCATTERED, AND PROBABLY NEVER WAS RESTORED TO A FLOURISHING CONDITION. BUT HIS ZEAL DID NOT GROW COLD, AND ONLY ABOUT FIVE YEARS BEFORE HIS DEATH HE TOOK GREAT PAINS IN PREPARING A NEW EDITION OF THE INDIAN BIBLE i do wish grandfather cried charlie you would tell us all about the battles in king philip's war oh no exclaimed clara who wants to hear about tomahawks and scalping knives no charlie replied grandfather i have no time to spare in talking about battles "'You must be content with knowing that it was the bloodiest war "'that the Indians had ever waged against the white man, "'and that at its close the English set King Philip's head upon a pole.' "'Who was the captain of the English?' asked Charlie. "'Their most noted captain was Benjamin Church, "'a very famous warrior,' said Grandfather. "'But I assure you, Charlie,' that neither Captain Church nor any of the officers and soldiers who fought in King Philip's war did anything a thousand parts so glorious as Mr. Elliot did when he translated the Bible for the Indians. Let Lawrence be the apostle, said Charlie to himself, and I will be the captain. End of Part 1 Chapter 8